is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? This is Talkin' Cowboys. Streaming live from the Dallas Cowboys World Headquarters at the Star in Frisco. Hand of Elliott plowing to the goal line. Barry sacked by Lord. Prescott keeps it and he bangs it in for the touchdown. Now, your hosts, Mickey Spagnola, Rob Phillips, Everson Walls, and Bill Jones. Well, we got that about half right on a Tuesday morning here at the Star in Frisco, inside the SWBC Mortgage Studios. This is Talking Cowboys, 11 o'clock on a Tuesday, and Everson Walls not accounted for. He is cruising. He's on a Super Bowl cruise this week. He told me the other day it's the first time since 1991 that he's gone on a cruise. Wow. So he Player is, days. Yep, that's yeah. right. Back when he was at a Super Bowl in 1991, I think. Celebrating as a Super giant. Bowl. That's yeah. exactly right. And uh, so you've got me, Bill Jones. You've got Rob Phillips. And Kyle Yeomans is here filling in for Wally Pip. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Just pulled out of the bullpen. That's right. Yeah, and you are talking Cowboys family, right? Yeah, you're absolutely. Just, you're just next door on the other side of the wall normally. And, yes, you are Wally Pipping Mickey Spagnola today. <laughs> you think Mickey will be Wally Pip today? He could be. You never uh, know. He may not be back after this week. He's so skiing right now. He's, that, would, that would be tough shoes to fill, though. I mean, Mickey, maybe not physically. The antagonist shoes to fill would That's be true. tough. You am, I, want, am I going to have to start you don't arguments want to, you don't want to. Yeah, you don't want to fill those shoes. <laughs> you just you be you. And grunt a lot. And yeah, uh-huh. That's exactly I don't know. right. He's skiing right now, I think. So he may not want to come back. So skiing so, uh-huh. and a cruise, and those are the excuses that we've had to that's, miss this show. That's right. Yeah. So what are we Some doing pretty here? good excuses. You know? Yeah, it's not Some, bad. Someone's got to hold down the fort, and uh, we've got a lot to get to over the course of the next 45 minutes. Minutes and we got to make it forty-five minutes because I got to be somewhere at twelve thirty. Oh, you got TV so, duties? Uh, it's actually an appointment. I've got at twelve thirty. Oh, this really okay. is the off season, isn't it? That's right. I mean, <laughs> we're kind of short. Half of our staff is gone. It is what it is. Yep, that's right. And it's Super Bowl week, of course, in Miami. We had an opportunity uh, yesterday. Rob and Kyle, were you both involved in meeting the assistant coaches? Just you, Rob? I think or? it was just Rob. Yeah, just Rob. Okay. We yeah. got to get reports on that. Yeah, that was interesting. I mean, it's a large list of guys. And a lot of them have been reported on, uh, but the Cowboys made it official yesterday, and it's you know upwards of twenty assistant coaches, maybe a little bit over that, that Mike McCarthy has hired, and a lot of them new. I mean, I think there's three holdovers when you talk about Kellen Moore as the OC, Doug Nussmeyer moving from tight ends to quarterbacks, and then Leon Lett as an assistant defensive line coach, and Marcus Paul taking over strength and conditioning. But other than that, I think mm-hmm. it's. I think it's an entirely new staff and and a largely experienced staff filled with guys that McCarthy trusts. And I think both those things are pluses. And Kyle, you just passed uh, the uh, first test here, filling oh, yeah. in for Mickey. You did not get distracted by the tour group that came by, and typically Mickey gets distracted by that. Oh uh, so. well, usually, I mean, I've hosted a couple shows in here before, and so the the tour group at the beginning, it's kind of weird because you feel like a fish in the fishbowl, uh-huh. and uh, you just don't want them to right. knock on the glass. But you but did a good good job yeah. there, not, there you not go. pulling just Mickey and getting distracted. He literally does it every time, every single <laughs> yeah. time. Yeah, uh, I try and switch the camera off of it whenever he does do that but uh, talking about the coaching staff I mean I, I think David Hellman tweeted it out yesterday over 165 years of coaching experience between the new staff and 
You look at some of the names uh, like a Mike Nolan and guys like that, uh, Tom Sula uh, on the defensive side, and it, it just kind of it stands out. It, it stands out maybe more so than we've seen in the past, and it's been really impressive to see McCarthy and what he's been able to do in kind of a short period of time of, of being able to go out, find not only experienced guys, but guys who you, he knows that can bring something special to the table and something unique to the table in their own individualities. This has come together quickly. Mm-hmm. And I, the last time the Cowboys went through this, a, a real search, if you want to call it this a search, I mean, they interviewed a couple guys, um, Wade Phillips, and, and Bill Parcells didn't step down until Senior Bowl week. And I don't think they got... It was that late. Wow. It was because yeah. they had a playoff game, a wild card game in Seattle, and then he took another week after that, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah. and it stunned Jerry. I think Jerry was expecting Bill to go on that trip and be back for a fifth season in Dallas, and it didn't happen. He wanted to step down and retire, and he did, at least from coaching. Um, I, Skip Pete is on the staff now as running backs coach. I got to visit with him a little bit, and I think he was hired to Wade's staff like mid-February Think about of the seven start they got that year yeah. and everything. And which, you know, the, it speaks, I think, to McCarthy's relationships around the league and guys mm-hmm. that want to coach for him. I mean, another guy they hired recently in the last few days, George Edwards, a senior defensive assistant. That's another guy with experience. I mean, he, he hasn't been a head coach in the league, but he was Mike Zimmer's coordinator defensively for the last six years. And he's coming on just in kind of a wherever you need help role. Um, it's he was an a impressive staff. coach here. So, yes. And, and there, it, it's a relatively young linebackers coach in Scott McCurley. And so that's, that's exactly what they needed there. Edwards can be alongside uh, that role. That's a good point. Because that's, that's, he got into coaching here. Coaching Datwin and Coakley and those guys. Mm-hmm. Well, so, yeah. you, you look at some of the experience up at the top, but then you've also got a mixture of some solid young guys. I mean, you mentioned McCurley. Kellen Moore's only in his second year. And then you've got Matt Daniels in a second year. Uh, Doug Musmeyer in a second year with, with tight ends. Now he's had 17 years in college. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you've got two years there for Nussmeyer. But uh, I, you mentioned this a second ago, and you said, hey, he's not a head coach, uh, referring to one of the, uh, the the guys just hired. But there are four former head coaches, or at least interim head co- coaches, yeah. mm-hmm. on this staff. And I, I think that stands out to, like you said, the way that McCarthy is kind of built those relationships over the course of his tenure in the league and uh, kind of the respect that I think the league has for Mike McCarthy. And it, it shows off in the way that he's able to hire high-talented guys like that. And, of course, those guys, uh, starting with Mike Nolan, the defensive coordinator, who, was, of course, was the head coach uh, with the 49ers and, in fact, hired Mike McCarthy as his offensive coordinator uh, back in 05, 06, whatever year that was. Uh, and then he was McCarthy was there for one year before he became the head coach of the Packers. Um, Jim Tom Sula was um, – I don't know if you were here the week I was telling my little story about Tom Sula in NFL Europe. This was uh, – No, tell it. 15 years. <laughs> Oh, four, I think. I think it was the 2004 offseason. I did a couple of NFL Europe games in Germany. Uh, it was the Rhine Fire. No, it was the Berlin Thunder versus the Cologne Centurions. How hard were those names to pronounce? Well, they're American players. Oh, so. okay. Never mind. Okay, <laughs> never mind. I thought that you would have some German Keith Davis, staff on there. former Cowboys safety, played oh, for the Berlin yeah. Thunder. <laughs> yep, and, yep. But anyway, Jim Tomsula was the defensive coordinator for the Berlin Thunder. I, I believe it was Berlin then. He, he spent many uh, years coaching in NFL Europe. 
And uh, But I was really struck by him. He was the one guy that I met, because I did a couple of Berlin Thunder games. One was in Cologne and the other was in Berlin. Uh, one was with Steve Berline and the other with Lincoln Kennedy were the analysts. And they were just getting their, their break-in into broadcasting. Uh, but anyway, just talking to Tom Sula. He's, he's hilarious, right? Yeah, he's That's hilarious. He's got I, an unbelievable personality, in, in which, which he showed yesterday. He does mm-hmm. not want to be interviewed. In fact, he said it during the course of the interview, he said, what I'm focused on more than anything is not cussing. <laughs> Just don't cuss. Yeah, that's right. But anyway, but what was um, where I was impressed with him was his work ethic. I mean, this is a guy, I believe at the time, in the fall, he was a coach at Little Catawba College, C-A-T-A-W-B-A, okay? In the spring, he would go over to NFL Europe and coach in NFL Europe, and so he would—he he was a year-round coach. I mean, he was coaching football games year-round, you know, mm-hmm. in the fall and in the spring. And so it wasn't surprising that just a couple of years after that, he was hired on Mike Nolan's staff with the San Francisco 49ers. And uh, and then he not, and after Nolan was let go and Harbaugh took over, Harbaugh kept him on. And then when Harbaugh left, Tom Sula became the head coach of the 49ers. for a year. Yeah, yeah. for a year. And as as he admits, his 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 deal is he is a roll up his sleeve guy and get to work, get his hand in the dirt, you know, as Witten would put it, uh, that type guy. And so I'm re- very impressed with him. Uh, you know, Joe Philbin was a head coach of the Dolphins. Uh, who's the other one that I'm missing that had head coaching experience? Uh, oh, Fossil. Fassel. Fossil also Fassel. was. Yeah. So, um, and so that's I, that's another guy. I mean, he came from his father, coach of the Giants for several years, but I think he started coaching out out coaching in New Mexico Highlands. Yes, New Mexico tiny, Highlands. The Cowboys, some mm-hmm. tiny school, and getting paid nothing, and has built his way. Into this in, role. A, in a relatively quick uh, amount of time, too, I think, because I think he was at New Mexico Highlands in like 2000, 2001, whatever. Yeah. And he became, he got, went, once he started becoming a special teams coordinator in this league, he very quickly got a reputation as being one of the top special teams coaches in the league. Uh, Rick Goslin loves him, and of course, Rick Goslin does the special teams <laughs> rankings every year. What does he say about him? Oh, he just, I mean, you know, uh, Goslin's—that's that, his deal. He studies special teams, and <laughs> well, it's now it does here. help when you're the Rams special teams coach. Well, he was the Raiders special teams coach, and it, it does help when you have Janikowski and Shane Leckler. Mm. Okay, sure. Uh, during your time there, I think it was four years there. And then since then, Greg Zerline came into the league the same year Fossil was with the came to the Rams, and Hecker was the punter and came into the league at the same time. It does help when you have Zerline and Hecker to rank high on Goslin's rankings. It does, <laughs> because because you know beyond that with the coverage units and everything, you don't really get to pick your players when you're the special teams coach. It's it's you it's what the, the roster is, and you have to work with what you got. To that so. point, think about where the Cowboys are with special teams, and obviously. As far as the coverage units and everything, it was not good last year and the year before. And but think about where they are as far as a place kicker, and even Chris Jones is getting up there in years now as the punter too. 
And uh, so it's going to be very interesting, the player acquisition aspect of this. And a lot of people say, yeah, well, you got to bring Kai Forbath back now. But, yeah. you know, it's still a small sample that Forbath, and it was a perfect sample uh, in his month here, in the last month of the season. But uh, there's going to be some competition. Well, is that, is that a bigger, a big enough sample size to be confident enough to bring him back and, and to put him back on a roster? Well, it's, I think it's It enough. also depends on what's out there, I, I guess. I think it's enough to bring him back, but with competition. Yeah, and they signed Tristan Vizcaino to a a futures deal Mm. last week, which doesn't preclude them from bringing back a Kai Forbath or somebody. I I would imagine they bring a veteran in for competition. Uh, But I think that's probably what they want at this point. Maybe create some competition and and find the best guy. They they stuck with Maher longer than they should have. I don't think there's any question about that. I don't know if it really cost them games, but it certainly made things more difficult. Bill's right. I mean, there's going to be change. Not just in players, but scheme-wise. You know, the special teams are going to change under Fossil. The defensive scheme, we can get into that. It's going to change here, whether yeah. it's a, even if it's a four-man line in base, whatever you know you want to call it. I like the I like the the hybrid aspect of that. Uh, the potential yeah. hybrid aspect of uh, defense. Get the best players you can get your hands on. And that's what Nolan said yesterday in open locker room. He said, "Hey." Let's put the best 11 men out there. It doesn't matter if it's going to be a 4-3 or a 3-4. That's just your personnel. Sometimes if you're in a 3-4, you might want to stand somebody up or put your hand in the ground and make it a 4-3 hybrid like that. So I like that answer from uh, from Nolan yesterday and what he was able to do, kind of just talking about, hey, it doesn't matter. Let's put the best guys on the field. I love it. I more than like it. I love it so much <laughs> because it's – especially with as much change – personnel-wise, as you could have on defense, why try to step in and immediately say, this is what we do, and we got to find players that fit. I mean, he's coached in multiple different types of defenses, so might as well just go get players and figure out what you're going to do. Plus, the Patriots and other teams, we're seeing more multiple it's defenses The, the league anyway. has evolved right. that way over the last decade. I mean, and you've had to – the league has had to evolve defensively like that because of what's happening on the offensive side of the ball, the trickle-up effect – of what's happened, you know, the college game has infiltrated the NFL. I mean, it was a high school to college and now college yep. uh, to the NFL. And, you know, you saw it with the Saints a lot this year, which where Nolan was the linebacker's coach this past year, where they're two edge rushers. They would put them on the same side a lot, you know, and, you know, the Packers did that with the Smith, so to speak, brothers, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and uh, I think that's, that's the way you got to go about your business now in this league. Got to be able to adjust. In the, in the past, at least under Marinelli, it was, hey, you, you're a scheme guy. You're a, a scheme fit. And now it's or like – Parcells. Go back to yeah, the Parcells. Yeah, even Parcells. Days. Yeah, and that's three, a great four. Point. I mean, he had the prototype going back to the, the 80s and probably when he was at Texas Tech in the 70s. <laughs> These are – this is who I get for this position. The prototype know? player that's, right. that's going to fit into our scheme. And now you look at it and say, hey, let's just – Let's just ball. Let your players right. play. And go, that, go back to the Landry days. I mean, the flex defense. I mean, there were certain roles that each player had in his front seven. And isn't know? it kind of reflective of what you see on the offensive side of the ball with this college style of play kind of infiltrating the NFL and saying, let's let your, your ballers ball. Let's, let's throw Lamar Jackson out there and let him do what he does best. Let's adjust to Patrick Mahomes and you see where that got the Chiefs. I mean, it seems like the defensive side is kind of starting to adjust a league-wide way, saying, hey, let's, let's get to that point where we can put our best 11 men on the field, not necessarily worry about schemes and fits, 
and let that work its what its magic. No surprise, but the Pats are kind of at the forefront of that right now yeah. because I mean we and we we watched <laughs> them, we covered them for a week last year, this past season, trying to match up with the Cowboys, what they were doing. Their top defensive linemen are basically linebackers in some packages where you've got guys who can rush and cover and do all those things, more athleticism across the field to try, to Kyle's point, to match what you've got on the other side of the field with different types of offenses. So, And I think you had that uh, with the Patriots even going back the previous decade with Willie McGinnis, mm. you know, who, yeah. uh, and uh, Bruschi, who is a defensive end coming out of college. and uh, But they continued that. I guess it was in 2011 when Hightower came out, and uh, I loved him coming out of the draft for the Cowboys even after Sean Lee was drafted the previous year. And one of the reasons was in that Alabama 3-4 defense, he he was used either as an inside backer, sometimes as a rush end as well, Courtney Upshaw on the other side. And you know Belichick sees that, and you know, here we are a decade later, and and Hightower is one guy that they decided to keep, mm-hmm. you know, and, <laughs> yeah. and pay some money to at at New England. But that's and that's what makes it exciting too. I think when you go to uh, look at the draft, and we'll get into the Senior Bowl and what Kyle saw down at the Senior Bowl when we come back in uh, just a moment. But it's exciting because with all the free agents the Cowboys have, with all the needs the Cowboys have, and with all the changes on the coaching staff, um, there's a they can go any number of directions in this draft. And let's uh, talk about that when we come back here on Talking Cowboys in just a moment. I'm Jay Novacek, former tight end for the Dallas Cowboys. Back in the day, I was the guy who always got the tough yards, and that's why I run with John Deere today. In fact, I have a John Deere 3025E tractor that can handle any yard work I need to do, even the tough yards way out back. So if you have one acre or a thousand, John Deere has the equipment that's just right for you. Visit a John Deere dealer today and run with us. We are the official tractor provider of your Dallas Cowboys. Essilor is a proud sponsor of the Dallas Cowboys, helping fans see more and do more with our best vision solutions. Our lens technologies reveal a world more beautiful than you can imagine. For a limited time, get the Essilor Next Gen offer. When you buy the latest generation of Transitions lenses with select Essilor lenses, you can choose a second pair of clear lenses for free with qualifying frame purchases. Restrictions apply. Find a participating eye care professional by visiting EssilorUSA.com. Essilor. See more. Do more. Want to use what the pros use? How about the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys? Jack Black. Right now you can get the Jack Black Starter, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The starter includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Go to getjackblack.com slash cowboys and use the code word TEAMJB. That's getjackblack.com slash cowboys. The Jack Black Starter, 10 bucks. Free shipping! Your new apartment's big. Such a great deal. Uh, it's okay. Just okay? What's not too... Right above the subway! Well, I bet you don't even notice it after the... That's my neighbor! Angus! A deal that's just okay is not okay. Get a great deal with America's Best Network. Come into an AT&T store to find out how to get one of our popular smartphones for $0 down. Based on GWS1 score, September 2019. Back to Talking Cowboys. Talking Cowboys continues on a Tuesday, the last Tuesday of January Hmm. 2020. That's crazy that it's already almost February. 
Think about what's happened this month as far as the Cowboys are concerned without even playing <laughs> a game this month. Been a few That's changes. A, lot. a few changes here in the in the last 27 28th today, right? 28 days Off here. season, huh? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. No such thing as the off season. Things will settle down though. I don't know when, but things will settle down. When? Because we got draft. We're already talking draft. Right. Mm-hmm. Free agency. Combine's coming up in about three weeks. Yes. A little over three weeks. Yeah, about a month now. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be Free fascinating. Agency. Free agency. And all of that is fascinating to me mm-hmm. just because with a new staff. And decisions and negotiations going on before yes. all of that. Yes. Will Dak Prescott get his deal? Will Amari well, Cooper? Byron Jones. What Byron are you going to do with Byron? Yes. Yes. Much decisions to be made. And it all factors into, okay, what is the staff value and how does that influence the front office and what they do and when to decide to keep players or let them go? Mm-hmm. We'll see. Not Dak or Amari. They're not going anywhere, I don't think. <laughs> but uh, you know, a lot of this roster could, could look different. It always does to some degree, maybe a third, but you know, they've got a lot of decisions to make. And we will take your phone calls here. Since we don't have Everson and we don't have Mickey, we've got more time to fill. <laughs> <laughs> Is that a slight to me? No, no, no I'm just kidding. not at all. Not at all. It's but it's a slight it's to a slight Everson, to Everson and Mickey. And Mickey. <laughs> <laughs> I bet Spagnola's listening right now. You I really I, yes. I bet he's got his phone up while he's got his skis. Mm-hmm. He just can't. He can't get away. He's got his AirPods in. His Mickey, AirPods Mickey, a big in, AirPod guy. He emailed me a Jack Black. Add oh. to read after oh, the he's next break. Watching then. Now Kyle has he's... to read that though, right? Okay, oh, Kyle. Can, yes. <laughs> oh no, you're in the chair, bro. <laughs> That's fair. I you am in it. Mickey's spot, so uh-huh. I'll That's read right. it if I need to. But I'm not going to be nearly as good as Mickey's are. But the, Caden Gates is, is so taking low. your phone calls, and um, I don't remember the phone number. It's been so long since we took phone calls here. Eight eight eight. Cowboys. Eight five five two two nine seven. That's yep. right. It's on the screen right now. They can see it. Oh, it there it is. is on the screen. Look at right that production now. quality. All right. So, how do you remember that, uh, that Kyle? Eight eight eight. That's that's well, all. Well, normally I do exactly what Caden just did, and I just throw it up on the screen. But eight eight eight. That would be Troy and Michael to me. Okay. You could go Troy and Drew, Troy and Des, right? On yeah. Eight eight eight. I mean, I grew up more in the the Des realm, I mm-hmm. guess, but. You can go. I would still say probably Michael in that regard. Troy, Michael, Troy again, Leighton Vander Esch, yep. Emmett Smith, and Jason Hatcher, former great. Not Taco. Taco Charles. Taco, <laughs> sure. We go Taco. And see, I go <laughs> Leroy Jordan. Okay. Bob Hayes. You know, yeah, they Bob didn't Hayes use 97, 90 numbers back in my day. Did they not? No. Who was they didn't, I bet they didn't have to. Because the rosters weren't as large yeah, back that's then. that's a good point. Back in my day. And so I'm going Leroy Glover with the 97. <laughs> or, no, 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 no. I'm going Jimmy Jones. Ooh. Jimmy Jones. Okay. It's earlier, okay. earlier than Leroy Glover. So okay. there you go. All right. So you want to talk Senior Bowl? Let's talk some One senior of us bowl. was in Mobile last week at the Senior Bowl, and that one would be Kyle Yeomans. And it was Yeoman's work that you did that last week there, Kyle. Yeah, I mean, it was a lot of fun. It was my first <laughs> really Senior good. Bowl. Really good. Yeah, he's great. Uh, but yeah, he's never, never heard, that, heard before. that ever in his life. <laughs> Definitely not the name of my podcast or anything. But uh, the uh, this it was the first Senior Bowl that I've gone to. And, of course, being with the draft show, it's been a, a, a great month already of, of kind of diving in, watching a ton of film and really getting to know these guys, starting to see 
exactly where the Cowboys could be looking in terms of their guys. And we we had Bucky Brooks on last Thursday, and we talked a lot about name dropping the blueprint. Well, he was on the the draft show, but uh, yeah. uh, the the blueprint that we have as a as an NFL organization to potentially be successful and to build a solid roster. And the Cowboys are about three positions short, and we we decided that was. Tight end, defensive line, secondary, which is not a surprise to anybody. That's really where the, the eyes have already been. So, But there were some guys that stood out over the course of the week, and then even on Saturday that, that kind of flashed some stuff that uh, you, you like to see that could potentially fit with the Cowboys. And uh, going back to what we talked about in the first segment, I mean, the fact that it's so wide open and the scheme is so undefined, man, it, it makes things fun from a, a draft standpoint and a right. scouting standpoint to say, he's a baller, we could uh, we could really use him on the All defensive right, so side. So who's one guy? One guy that's, that you keep coming back to? J- Javon Kinlaw, out of South Carolina, defensive tackle. And where's I mean, he going to be picked? What, how high? Probably right around 17, oh, middle okay. of the first round. Yeah. And the, the, the only reason I would say that he drops is because of the fact that a lot of teams in front of the Cowboys need some quarterbacks. And so I think the quarterbacks are probably going to be overpicked a little bit. Mm-hmm. A guy like Jordan Love, Utah State. I mean, Justin Herbert's probably going to go in the top 10, potentially six to, to the Chargers. Of course, Tua's probably going to be picked in that realm as well. So there's already three guys plus Joe Burrow. So four quarterbacks that uh, ultimately puts you up position player wise to about the 13th best position player. Also, not to mention the wide receivers that are there. Jerry, Judy, C.D. Lamb, even Ruggs could be in that, that conversation. Is that maybe the deepest position in the top one hundred percent. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. This, this draft is extremely deep when it comes to receivers, and I would honestly say potentially tackle. I think offensive tackle, it's, it's a, a very deep draft, but I would say wide receiver by far. And I think that was reflected in, in Mobile. Mm-hmm. A lot of great guys that, that were running around. But you take four receivers, four quarterbacks, that's eight picks in front of you, potentially that the Cowboys don't have to worry about in terms of the needs that they've got to fill. It's interesting, defensive tackle. What type of defensive tackle do they want? A good one. A good one, yeah. But <laughs> well, and the thing is, the thing about Kinlaw that's interesting is he's not necessarily defined. He he likes playing out of the three technique, and he likes being that guy. But he can also line up in a one. He could be a guy who could kind of go to the outside a little bit and, and have some success. I mean, he's he's massive. Uh, I don't have his measurements right in front of me at the moment, but I can pull it up here in just a second. But uh, 6'6", 310 is what he was measured at. Mm. So Will McClay used that as an example guy. when he spoke to the senior at the Senior Bowl to mm-hmm. the reporters. He said, you know, about the influence from the coaching staff, how that influences how the front office looks at players. He said, look, we're gonna we're gonna listen to them what they like. And he said, if they want bigger, I think bigger defensive tackles, we can do that. Mm-hmm. That's not a guarantee, but that's that would be a a difference from the Marinelli era. There's no doubt about it. One hundred percent. I like the scheme flexibility because I think that's probably what you're looking for on defense: a guy who can kind of do anything you want to do. Yeah, and I think secondary would be a safe pick in the first round as well. That's why a lot of the the names like Grant Delpit and Xavier McKinney, or McKinney, excuse me, out of Alabama, have kind of come up. But at least Senior Bowl wise, specifically looking at Kinlaw, all eyes were on him from a, a mm-hmm. Cowboys perspective. At least with Hellman and I sat with Nate Newton, and he said, "Man, if if he gets his hands inside and he's able to get inside a, of an offensive lineman, there's no blocking him. Nate he's going to throw yeah. you around." And, and Nate was really high on him. Did he, he did he indicate who he kind of reminded him of? 
Uh, I don't think so. I don't think he he kind of gave a, a a comp at least in that regard. Did you hear something? Is no, that what I haven't. Asking? I'm just size wise six six three ten. I'm thinking Michael Brockers or something like mm. that. I was thinking maybe a Chris Jones from Kansas City. That would be great. Yeah, a little Love bit Chris like Jones. that. Yeah, I think he's incredible, and I think if if you got a guy like that in the middle of your defense with the the linebackers that you have, and potentially letting them go down down. Uh, downhill a little bit more than they have in the past, and man, I, that's that's a lot of run stopping ability that you've got. Now, the one knock to Kinlaw this week is he kind of struggled a little bit against smaller offensive linemen. Lloyd Cushenberry, the second, the the offensive lineman out of uh, LSU. LSU, he kind of gave fits to Kinlaw, and it it, it elevated Cushenberry's stock a little bit. But Kinlaw kind of struggled to get those hands inside, went to the outside a little bit. But as a smaller guy, it just seemed like Cushenberry had a little bit more leverage and was able to kind of utilize the speed a little bit more in order to slow down a guy like Kinlaw, who has some speed but still takes a little bit to get going, which is understandable if you're 6'6", 3'10". So it's just uh, it's interesting to see kind of the matchups and specifically the strengths and weaknesses of Kinlaw. He did come up a little limp at the end of the second practice, and they shut him down for the week, but it shouldn't be any issue. I think he's supposed to be good for the combine next month, mm. so uh, really shouldn't be any lingering stuff. All right, Kyle is from Waco. <laughs> Brian is from Waco. And Brian, you are up here on Talking Cowboys. Do you know Brian from Waco, Kyle? What's the last name? Well, I don't know. Brian's going to have to tell us. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you're not getting that. But, uh, <laughs> um, Kyle, I didn't know you are from Waco, man. That's cool. Yeah, man. Waco, born you and raised. Midway Panther also? Brian, are you a uh, Midway uh, Panther? Uh, no, I am not. Okay. Uh, I'm a Baylor Bear fan, though. Hey, uh, there you so, go. Sick him. Um, yeah, how about that? Uh, maybe I'll see a VTEC sometime. We'll, get a, we'll get a barbecue. Yeah, uh, VTEC or Georges. <laughs> yeah, Sounds good to me. Gut pack. Yeah. Um, so I have a little bit of a thought experiment. I know um, I've been kind of keeping an eye on most of the mock drafts have been going around on the web. And, uh, you know, 90% of them have uh, Grant Delpit going to us. Uh, and that's, that's all well and good. I, I would I be happy him. with that. Um, and I kind of think, uh, Kyle, not to disagree with you a little bit, mm-hmm. but I think, uh, Javon Kinlaw, um, I have a feeling he's going to go uh, a little earlier, like maybe mm-hmm. to the Colts or, um, the, the Buc- Buccaneers maybe beforehand. I think, uh, once he gets to the combine, I think some of those coaching staffs are just going to fall in love with him, uh, and his measurables and everything else. So I, I kind of feel like he's going to be gone by 17. Uh, and I know how you were talking about the deep, uh, wide receiver class and, um, and you were talking about Bucky Brooks earlier, and his mock draft just came out, and he gave us Henry Ruggs, and that's kind of who I've been on here lately the past few days. Uh, I think um, having him, uh, Amari, and Michael Gallup all in the same um, you know, field together, uh, him being just such a burner, uh, that is, to me, if he was there, that would be hard to pass him up. Not to mention that um, – Philly picks kind of behind us. They need a wide receiver, so I would want to keep him out of Philly. Uh, Green Bay as well. They need a wide receiver as well, so I would want to keep him out of there. Um, so you kind of have you kind of have that. Um, and I think there's some really good defensive tackles you can get in the second and third. I think uh, Gallimore, I think, has been talked about. Uh, Jordan Elliott has been talked about. Uh, you might have a shot at getting Xavier McKinney uh, in the second round for your safety position. Um, Ashton Davis to a little bit lesser extent, but uh, anyway, just kind of what you, you guys would think about maybe uh, having Rugs and uh, Gallup and Amari uh, lining up, you know, 
who cares about defense when you're scoring 40, 50 points a game? Right? <laughs> you sound like David Hellman in, in saying that. He said, hey, who cares about playing defense when you put up 60? Well, and I mean, in terms of value picks, wide receiver might be the best value you could get, depending mm-hmm. on where, you know, who falls to 17. I would add one more position to y'all's list of, I guess, deficiencies where they're at right mm-hmm. now. I would say linebacker only because we just don't know. I mean, they've got four unrestricted free agents to be, including Sean Lee, Justin March, Malcolm Smith, and Joe Thomas, and Leighton Van Der Esch is having mm-hmm. is coming off you know, what they term a minor procedure and mm-hmm. will be back for the offseason program, but you need to cover yourself with some insurance at the very least. And I, I agree with that. I also just don't necessarily <laughs> see that as a higher priority, and mm-hmm. potentially you could attack that in free agency as well. I think linebackers are a position where you could go out in free agency and, and have better success at, not saying, yeah. not saying you're going to hit on everybody. Yeah, and I'm not saying all these guys won't be back. No, exactly. I mean, Sean yeah, Lee yeah. could be back, we'll see, um, and these other guys, but that's another one. Just all over, all three levels of the defense. I'm just looking at it like, man, this could just look a lot, a lot yeah. different. Just get the best player. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I kind of want to go back to what he started with about Kinlaw potentially not being there at 17. I agree. I mean, with his measurables and the way that he kind of showed out before he got hurt at the Senior Bowl, there's it, there's a very good chance that he's gone before 17. Things, things gets change there. so much Absolutely. between now and March. I mean, once the numbers, the measurables come out, combine, uh, big. Mm-hmm. combine yeah. and then pro days, yep. then. Um, who knows where some of these guys are going. Yeah. All right, uh, we come back in a moment, and, uh, hey, there's a little game that's going on this weekend. Maybe we'll talk a little bit about that coming back in just a moment. Want to use what the pros use? How about the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Jack Black? Right now, you can get the Jack Black Starter, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The starter includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Go to getjackblack.com slash cowboys and use the code word TEAMJB. That's getjackblack.com slash cowboys. The Jack Black Starter, 10 bucks. Free shipping. Whether you're into being a part of this or more into something like this, SeatGeek has the tickets to the events you love. It's the easiest way to find, buy, and sell tickets. Plus, with their deal score technology, they'll recommend the best seats in the house at the best value. So the next time you're craving this, the SeatGeek app and let's go. SeatGeek. I'm Jay Novacek, former tight end for the Dallas Cowboys. Back in the day, I was the guy who always got the tough yards, and that's why I run with John Deere today. In fact, I have a John Deere 3025E tractor that can handle any yard work I need to do, even the tough yards way out back. So if you have one acre or a thousand, John Deere has the equipment that's just right for you. Visit a John Deere dealer today and run with us. We are the official tractor provider of your Dallas Cowboys. Your new apartment's big. Such a great deal. Uh, it's okay. Just okay? What's not too... It's right above the subway! Well, I bet you don't even notice it after the... That's my neighbor, Angus! A deal that's just okay is not okay. Get a great deal with America's Best Network. Come into an AT&T store to find out how to get one of our popular smartphones for $0 down. Based on GWS1 score September 2019. Back to Talking Cowboys. Bill, you were here a little early this morning. I was. What time did you get up? 
I got up at 6.45. 6.45. Well, you know what the best way to wake up is? No. Get your face buff energizing scrub from <laughs> GetJackBlack.com. It has vitamin C and mint mixed in there. It'll wake you up the right way. If you go online and use the code HELLO, you can get a free face buff three ounce with $60 or more of your purchase Go to getjackblack.com. I did have vitamin C this morning, but I did not have it on my face. You didn't have any mint with it either, I No, think. no, I did not. Okay. No. I love He made it conversational, just That's like the right. mixture. You know, I love and, it. And Kyle expressed some trepidation in the break, saying that there's a lot of pressure. A lot of pressure. A lot of pressure. And Rob quickly said, no, the bar <laughs> is set so damn low. That's exactly what I said. <laughs> there is no reason for trepidation as you make that read. It's funny, isn't it, Mick? Yeah. Uh-huh, that is. So use the code hello, like in good morning. I love it. Yeah. That's funny that you said 645 because of the alarm clock on that sheet that Mickey emailed says 655. I thought you were about to say 55, and I was... Oh. I was about to be wow, know, happy, interesting, even better, but it was a little bit. I'll, I'll reset my alarm at six fifty-five. <laughs> there you go. The only reason I wake up at six forty-five is because my wife leaves for, for work at seven a.m. and oh. that's the I will. That's the only chance I get to see her all day. I don't oh. know. So anyway, let's go to Nebby. Nebby, you're up here on Talking Cowboys. How you doing, Nebby? Um, 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 uh, uh. Uh, I'm doing well, even though I feel sad about Kobe Bryant. Mm. Uh, 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 God bless his soul. Uh, uh, first of all, I, I, I want to make a quick Super Bowl prediction. I think San Francisco is going to beat uh, uh, Kansas City 23-20, t- t- uh, and I, I want to know uh, 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 among our uh, assistant coaches, who, uh, who, uh, who do you feel the most good about? M- me, me personally, uh, 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 I think the fact that we hired uh, J- 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 John Fossil as our special uh, teams coach. Uh, is a great is a great hire because he's a great special teams coach. Uh, t- t- take care. Thanks for being patient with me. And. Uh, 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 Take care. Thanks for being patient with me, and have a great week. Bye. Okay, you Nebby. Too, we Thanks, appreciate Nebby. it. Thank you very much, and I agree wholeheartedly mm-hmm. with uh, John Fossil. As he, he's my pick too, that I'm most excited about. I'll go with Mike Nolan, and he said something really interesting. He kept harping on takeaways yesterday, and to me, that's the biggest thing that's got to change defensively. They've got to take the ball away. He, he said Aikman told him a story one time that as a player. He didn't fear a secondary that just knocked the ball down because, okay, that's the worst thing that happens. I throw incompletions all the time. It's a Deion Sanders, and you know, you're not going to find another Deion Sanders. But guys out there that are a threat to take the ball away mm-hmm. are what quarterbacks. And Everson fear. Walls. And Everson Walls, our guy normally to my right. picks in his career. Absolutely. There you go. So if that's the priority, 
and that's what they're going to focus on doing. How can they fit the scheme? How can they get more players to do that? I like what I'm hearing, plus plus Nolan's experience as well. Yeah, I, I would probably agree with Nebby and say Fossil, but just for the sake of being different, I would say Joe Philbin uh, over there as well. Just a little bit of experience there to, to kind of help out Kellen Moore in his second year. I, th- I think having a, a more experienced staff around him, I mean, even Skip Pete in the building as well, uh, I, I think those two guys are going to help out a lot in the way that Kellen Moore runs this offense and, and potentially grows. I know McCarthy's going to probably have a, a pretty solid chunk of say in, in how the offense is run, but uh, I think those three combined are going to really help Kellen Moore grow and, and continue to improve as an offensive coordinator. I, that's why I like that hire. You know, and the other thing from Mike McCarthy's perspective, I love that there's an assistant head coach named Rob Davis who's been hired here. There's so much on the plate for a head coach mm-hmm. in this league that goes beyond coaching football and uh, that we don't even think about. I mean, we talk about you know the the media uh, stuff that he has to do, but even just setting the schedule on on when they. Do do things and, and things like there's so many administrative type things that a head coach has to deal with and if Mike McCarthy is going to sit in on those offensive meetings and defense and have his hands all over this team he needs help in that regard and it's probably something that he decided over the court and he may have done that previously in Green Bay too but I would imagine those uh, skull sessions with those coaches that he had at his house in Green Bay over the course of the last year that's probably something that came up with is mm-hmm. you need a, a right-hand man and he was in the private sector the last That's couple right. of years, which is yep. interesting. And he hasn't been a coach before, but he's going to be a bridge for player development as well. He was he was that in Green Bay. And the Cowboys already have a tremendous staff of people who do that. But that's another addition, a good addition. I, I thought he's an interesting hire just because of his lack of coaching experience. But I think he he's in a different role than a true X's and O's guy. And he talked about that. He's kind of a utility guy for the guy them. that McCarthy trusts. I mean, you need even just things that you, you ideas that you have. You need someone that you can play ideas off of or issues that come up. How do you handle certain things? You need a sounding board on stuff like that. And Randall Cobb was walking past his interview session and it was kind of like an open house at school you know all these guys are talking at once and he came by and he shouted he's a legend you know and obviously you go. You know, Cobb was around him for several years in Green Bay so speaking highly of Rob Davis all right Philippe in France you have the final call on this Tuesday here on Talking Cowboys how you doing I'm fine hi guys it's been a while since uh, we talk. Uh, first, uh, let me wish uh, an happy new year and uh, the best wishes for 2020 to the Cowboys Nation. Um, maybe uh, you already uh, debate at museum about this topic, but I made some homework on Coach McMarthy. There's something that bothers me a little bit about him and his system. Um, exception of Eddie Lacy's rookie year, uh, his team had never had a dominant uh, ground game, uh, even when um, uh, good running backs were uh, lining up behind the Aaron Rodgers. And the, the Cowboys roster is built to run a lot, the Rock. Uh, what are your take on this? And I have uh, a little, a little uh, thinking out of the box here. Uh, say Cincinnati is... Uh, is desperate to win now. What about uh, them uh, to call for uh, um, a trade for Dak with pick number one and maybe maybe say a third? Uh, what are your, your thoughts about it? <laughs> Thanks for taking my call. 
Have a great year. Have a great week. And uh, take care. Bye-bye. All right, Philippe, we appreciate it. Run, nope. run game. Um, that's, you know, that's, he's right. I mean, that's something that people have harped on with McCarthy. I will say that when you've got Aaron Rodgers, yeah. And I wouldn't say they had, a, they didn't have a Zeke Elliott in Green Bay. They had decent running backs, solid running backs, but they Amon did. Green, probably the best of those. Yeah. But not Zeke. And he's right that this offense has been built to run the football. And I don't, I don't think that's going to change. I think it makes it so much easier on Dak. Um, but I, I do think when you've got Aaron Rodgers, that, that changes the way you probably call plays and, and emphasize your offense. And they used a lot of the short passing game, too, with Aaron Rodgers, which can function in some ways as a run game as well. So I, I don't really worry about that too much. I don't, I don't think they're going to be 70-30 pass run under McCarthy. Did they have a, a first round or even early second round running back during his entire tenure? I know Lacey was 61st overall, so second round. Yeah. Uh, I mentioned Green. He was a third rounder. They didn't have one of those bell cow backs that you could go to even if they wanted to, no, they without use a variety. Rogers. Yeah, no, not, nothing, nothing like this. I, no. I, I'm not, I'm not concerned about it. I don't know if mm-hmm. you guys are. I think they're going to try to have balance. And Kellen Moore is. He talked about that. They've got to attack in different ways, and 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 use run action, play action, all those things off of the run game. That's important. And I don't think that part's going to change. And I think you got to get Tony Pollard involved. Sure, I really now think that, so. That and, is a big one. Yeah, uh, I think that's got to be something that. And hopefully that, like you you mentioned it earlier, the the barn sessions that that McCarthy had in terms of looking at the new age NFL and evolving his play style. I hopefully that involves maybe a two running backs in the backfield kind of set and a, an opportunity for for Pollard to get involved even when Zeke's on the field because I think that would be something that I know personally I would love to see. Yeah, uh, because I think Pollard's an extremely talented back and I I, I think he's we're we're keeping an a, an animal caged on the sideline, if that's the case. And even Zeke more involved in the passing game. The screen, For sure. The screen game works. Zeke's capable of doing more than that. He had almost 80 catches a couple years ago. You can get him more involved, too. The second part of his question, no, Dak Prescott's no. not going in yeah. there. Yeah, I wasn't even going there. Yeah. <laughs> Who was their running back? Who was their top running back when they won the Super Bowl 2010 oh, season? I'm trying to think. I don't, it's I right think. after Green. I'm not totally you, sure. Have you got pro I've reference? Got, I've got it called up. Yep. <laughs> Who is it? Brandon Jackson. Okay. Ooh. Okay. Had a 703 yards on 190 carries that season. They had James Starks, and if memory serves me right, James Starks. 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 And I like Starks as a as a second back. And as memory serves me right, Starks came on big at the end of that season. Mm-hmm. I think. Yes. Yes. The other running back got hurt. Right. They had so many injuries that year. They had right. like 20 guys on it was IR amazing. that year. It yeah. was amazing they were able to make that run with as many injuries mm-hmm. as they had. All right, what about this Super Bowl? What are we thinking? What do you think? Oh, you want me to go first? Sure. Okay, so I've been on the Kansas City bandwagon for a little while in terms of the, the offense and Patrick Mahomes. San Francisco gave me a little bit to think about. I thought going into it, I was like, Kansas City's going to run the table. They're going to they're gonna make this look easy. I don't think it's going to be easy, but I'm going to stick with my original pick. I picked him before the season even started. Kansas City's going to win it, but it's not going to be a game that you would expect. You would expect potentially a high-scoring affair. I think it's going to be like 23, like Philippe fourteen score. or, or Nebby score. Nebby, Nebby yeah, score. yeah, yeah. twenty-three twenty. Yeah, I would, I would say a yeah. little bit less than that. It'd be close to that though. I like what <laughs> Nebby said, twenty-three twenty. But I'm going to say twenty-three to. 
21. But you're so going close. Kansas City. But I'm going to go Kansas City, not San Francisco. What are you thinking, Rob? I love Pat Mahomes' game. so He reminds me of Brett Favre, but I just... Wow. And, and Mike Freeman, one of my favorite NFL writers for Bleacher Report, he polled apparently a lot of unnamed executives around the league, people around the league that think the Chiefs are going to win easily. I just don't, I don't see that. I, mm-hmm. I'm, I've been burned by Seattle, Denver, and Denver against the Panthers a few years ago. These, the teams that have the strong defenses and capable offense prevail a lot of times in these Super Bowls. And I think, I think San Francisco is the more complete team. I, 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 we'll see. We'll see. But I think it's going to be a highly entertaining game. And maybe mm-hmm. I think it might be pretty high scoring on both, affair, both sides of the football. We'll see. I'll go 28-24 San Francisco. I don't have the numbers in front of me, but the Texans' pass defense was like 29th in the league, something like that. And the Titans was 24th or something like that. And what is San Francisco's pass defense? It's really good. Are they first? <laughs> first or second. I think they're first. But maybe second. Ooh. Okay. And just their ability to run the ball yeah. with whoever's in there. I was about there. to say, it doesn't it, matter who's in the backfield. It, it's very Mike Shanahan in Denver mm-hmm. all those years. Mm-hmm. You know, well, It's going to be great. I think it's going to be a terrific game. And you still did you, ever, did you? And so you picked Kansas City? or I got San Francisco, Francisco 28-24. 28-24. I'm going to go San Francisco. No, I'm not. Oh. Why would I do that? At the beginning of the season, I said Dallas is going to win the Super Bowl. And so Dallas is going to win the Super Bowl. The Dallas Texans Bill win Bill the Super have Bowl. An Are you going? 40. No, I'm not, thank oh, God. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Game's not on CBS, so I don't have to go. Uh, What's the score? 40 to what? 42 34. 42 34 Texans. Oh, okay. Dallas, Texans, just insanity over those Niners. I see what you did there. Always, you you switched always a bit. Yeah, Yeah, that was good. First time in fifty years the Texans win the Super. Dallas Texans win the Super Bowl. Okay, all right. That does it for this edition of Talking Cowboys, and we'll see if Mickey is back next week or will Lou Gehrig once again be in the seat here. We'll talk at you again next week. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!